welcome. My name is Troy Shear, and I am CMO of Binary Automotive Solutions, Managing Director of Binary Marketing Solutions, and I will be your host for our Culture of Value podcast. And today is our inaugural podcast. And thought since we, this is a, a binary automotive, binary marketing solutions uh, event, that it would be great to bring on our Executive Vice President, David Adcock. David Adcock has well over 25 years in the automotive industry, and I am gonna just let David take over now and introduce himself and kind of tell us a little bit how you got in the car business, what your current role is here at Binary Automotive Solutions, and take it from there, David. Perfect, Troy, thank you for giving me an opportunity to be on today, I'm excited to be the first guest here, and um, you know, Automotive background. I've been in the automotive industry now a little over 25 years. We won't tell you how many years over 25, but we'll just call it a little over 25 years. Um, had the opportunity to, uh, to coach college football uh, before I got into the automotive business and then moved into the uh, car business, worked uh, with Pat Ryan, Resource Automotive Group. Got into the car business a little bit by accident, like like most people, was uh, actually working with Aon on their credit union side when they moved me over and spent a great deal of time teaching me the business, just an valuable experience. Was a national trainer for them, worked in dealerships all over the country. Uh, had an opportunity to go from there to working for uh, AutoNation and ran the finance departments for uh, the dealerships here in Texas. Left there and started my own dealer services agency and uh, did that for about 12 years and was doing exceptionally well when I ran into Jim Binkley, who owns uh, Binary Automotive Solutions. And we've been very good friends since our time together at Pat Ryan. And he showed me a program that, uh, that we were doing here at Binary Automotive, the, uh, the lifetime powertrain warranty and the unique way in which he does it and uh, saw a great opportunity to be part of the family. So got an opportunity to come be part of this a uh, few years back and uh, helping to service uh, somewhere over 300 dealerships across the country and adding new dealerships all the time with the value proposition that we do. And very excited to, uh, to be a part of the family. Well, uh, you know, obviously you and I have known each other now for a few years and I know we, we talk constantly about value and that's kind of where the, the impetus of this uh, culture of value podcast came from. So I thought, you know, a, a great first question would be to you. And again, this is something, this is not the dictionary definition of value, but what does value mean to you? You know, value is amazingly important in our business and what we do. Um, you know, value is something that your customers hold in high regard, something that, that makes you different from your competition. You know, in, in our business, and I know we'll talk about it a couple of times today, but price is so uh, prevalent in what we do on a daily basis. Value is something that your customers are looking for, something that makes you different from your competition. And we've been very fortunate to be able to show dealers how to provide that additional value. We're not just talking about hot coffee in your service drive or service loaners. We're talking about real value that makes a customer want to come see you versus someone else. Value is that differentiating piece that makes you that that different dealership or different company in a customer's mind. 
So I'm going to guess then, based upon our discussions, and I know we've talked about this, that I'm assuming you see value. You, you've been to Disney World, you said, now over 200 times. So, you know, other than seeing your buddy Goofy, which I'm sure is, is, has a big part of it, what, what is the value? You obviously see value there in, in that, that Disney experience. What, what, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I tell you what, I'm going to be there again for my 223rd visit about 10 days from now. I'm going to tell him you said hello. All right. <laughs> why is Disney important to me? Why a 52-year-old guy, uh, why is it that Disney is so much fun to me? Well, it's real simple. It's the happiest place on earth, right? Uh, you know, if you look at amusement parks all over the country, they all have different things. But what's the number one park, the place everybody wants to go is Disney World. When you talk to your kids, where do they want to go? Disney World. Why? Because when you get there, people are happy. It's an amazing experience. They see value in being able to go there. You know, when you walk in the door, what is it that you notice Every time you walk in, their people are always smiling. And, you know, because they're obviously happy to work there, right? Well, no, they're not. When you do surveys and find out that the reality is people aren't thrilled to work there, but Walt Disney was a smart guy. Walt Disney told his employees from the very beginning that while this may get old to you, it's always new to them. It's always that feeling of, fulfillment or excitement every time you walk in. So I need you to smile. And there's so many of the things that take place at Disney that we can learn from. Executives all over the world go to Disney to learn from them. And all you have to do is walk in the front gate and feel the difference. And you immediately understand why people want to go there versus going to some of these other parks. It, as you said, it's it's the happiest place on earth, which is really when you look at the happiest that what what a unique value proposition to be able to say that we are the happiest absolutely. place on earth. Absolutely. So, you know, that we can learn so much from that. Uh, it, at one point, uh, we had an opportunity to do an article on making your dealership like the happiest place on earth. It's about creating that culture of value so that people are excited about coming to see you. That's the things that set you apart. So that really leads into my next question then is, as far as developing that unique prop, uh, value proposition, whether it's a, a dealership, you know, car dealership, a um, retail store, just anything that's, you know, any business. I mean, obviously, you know, we're focused here on auto, but this really can, can be to any business. It's about developing something that sets you apart and creates an experience that your competitors don't deliver. So, you know, from a car dealership standpoint, then how does a, a dealership go about developing that unique value proposition? That, you know, it's one of the things that gets lost in too many dealerships. You know, we, we have a tendency to do what we've always done. And having a unique value proposition is, is paramount in your success. What is it that sets you apart? What are you doing that makes a customer want to come see you versus someone else? You know, we, uh, I mentioned to you earlier, we've got over 300 uh, partners around the country that we work with. And in a lot of instances, we would go into a store, we would talk to those people, and we would ask them, what is it that makes you different? And too many times you hear things like, uh, well, you know, it's, it's the product that we sell. But your product is the same one that they're selling 
five miles down the road. So that's not it. What is it that makes you different? Well, you know, it's the price. Oh, no. You know, when you're negotiating on price, you're negotiating with the profit of the dealership and your own paycheck. And is that what's most important to customers? The reality is value is far more important to customers. And finding that thing that differentiates you from your competition to create that unique selling proposition. Why do I want to come see you versus going to see your competition? That's what makes you unique. Well then, let's, so let's let's tie that same um, line of thinking then into. I know you know you wrote an article uh, for Dealer Marketing uh, just a, I guess it should came out just a few weeks ago now, talking about you know we've seen things going gangbusters in in essence be with the COVID and all of that this year where where people were prices were going up and things like that. So it was like you know it price wasn't the dirty word and, and all of that, but but people still were really focusing on hey we can make more money we can make more money but not really understanding that this was kind of an artificially inflated instance. So, you know, you, you talked about developing a plan B when everything's going great. Well, why would I do that? Well, kind of, can you tell us a little bit more about your mindset on that with, with the value and pricing and, and all of those things? Why, you know, is it really going to change? Is this going to stay this the way it is or, or what, you know, how, how should we, we look at that from a, as a, business to customer standpoint. Sure, there's, you know, this has been an amazingly unique uh, year, not only in the automotive industry, but in industries all across the country. But since we're talking about automotive, we'll stay there. Um, the moment that the pandemic started, uh, sales immediately went down. Uh, customers were staying in their homes, businesses were told to close, all those kind of things took place. And you, what, you, what you had happen was essentially a dam that was dropped into a river. The river was moving. Our business was flowing. We had customers coming in the door. And then suddenly you had that dam that stopped that from happening. And it created a little bit of a perfect storm. What you had when they began to let people now get back into the workplace, people back into purchasing things, the economy opened back up, you had a rush of those customers who had been waiting to get out to buy a car. So, very simply, when, when those people show up, the demand is exceptionally high. And economics will tell you that when demand is high, you're going to have an opportunity to hold more as far as gross is concerned. Well, at the same time in this perfect storm, you had a drop in the supply of vehicles. You know, when they shut down the manufacturers, we weren't producing vehicles at the same rate. So here you are in that perfect model, uh, economic model that tells you when supply is high and demand is low, customers are going to spend more money to buy a product. So dealers began to see more and more business that they were holding gross on. So they were doing fantastic. The problem is you're dealing with an artificial inflation because the moment that that bubble of people begins to get smaller and smaller and smaller, and at this point, all indications are is that that bubble is done, and when vehicles begin to be manufactured again and all of a sudden that supply continues to go up, now that artificial piece that you had before that dealers were getting very comfortable with and seeing those, those profits from, it's now gone. It doesn't exist anymore. So what's your, what's your plan? Is your plan to go back to doing it the way you were before? To go back to 
Uh, well, we'll just negotiate on price. We're going to advertise price. No, we don't want to do that. Your customers are primed right now to talk about value. Your customers are primed to hear about why they should come see you to buy that vehicle, why they should pay a little more to see you and buy that car from you. So, so with that then, exactly. So what, what do we do? How do we do it? What can we do? What advice can you give to dealerships on ensuring that they stand out now, that they are doing something different, that they have that unique value. That's why I say I don't even use the word unique selling proposition as much as I do because value again is when you're selling, you're, you're trying to push something onto somebody where when you are highlighting value, you are really giving them, you're just feeding somebody information so that they can make that decision. So what, what do, you know, as a car dealer, what would I do now to help separate myself out so that I'm not just another one? Because obviously we know too, a lot of times where there are car dealers and dealerships, there are a lot of, of, you know, four, five, six, seven of them all in a, in a very compact area geographically. So right. what do I do to make sure that I'm not just another one of many in that, that area? Well, we talked about this a little bit earlier when we were talking about a, a unique value culture. When, if you go into a dealership now and you ask them what is it that makes them different, there are dealers out there that are coming up with some great answers. But there's some dealerships that are coming up with answers that are the same old thing. You know, we've, we've got better, better salespeople than the people up the street. Well, that's important. That's fantastic. But I promise you that the, your competition up the street's not telling them that their guys are terrible. They should come see you. We've got to do something different. In today's marketplace, 80% of your customers, as you know, Troy, are going to a third-party website and looking first about which vehicles they want to go look at 80%. You've got to start differentiating yourself. Then you can't wait till they walk in the door. So you have to have a marketing strategy and, and we at Binary Automotive Solutions, we have a marketing strategy using a unique uh, lifetime powertrain warranty program that Jim Binkley put together for us and a unique marketing strategy that Troy you're involved in that allows us to separate those dealerships from their competition all the way back from the third party sites, then bringing them onto their website, showing them why I'm different, what I'm gonna do for you that someone else is not. You know, a free car wash, okay, that's, that has some value, but is that the thing that differentiates you from your competition? Probably not. You've gotta give them something that is tangible, something that, they have a true appreciation or see that value in and us being able to show through our product. And like I said, there are lots of really great, great uh, ideas out there in today's marketplace. But with our product, what we're able to do is we're able to show the customer that we're going to stand behind their purchase for life and that we're going to differentiate ourselves from the very first contact with a customer all the way to their visit to the dealership all the way through their buying experience, which results in more referrals, happy customers, family, friends, buying cars, and more repeat business. That's a, that's a very big piece. So now when we're talking about that, obviously, this isn't something that any one person at a dealership can do, or you know, if you've got a, a GM who is, is all on board with it, but you don't have the sales team or the finance team or various people where, Again, certain people are still believing on the, you know, the price is the differentiator and not the value 
element. So, you know, we've said that, you know, value or the, the culture of value is really the, the big differentiator. Well, how do we, how do we get everybody on board? What is it that can be done to make sure that everybody sees within a dealership that we are, you know, like you said, we're, we're looking at, at, at third party sites all the way down to getting somebody in, you know, into the store to making a sale through F&I, but also just the entire experience of how, you know, is it, is it a pleasant experience? Because that's one of the things that we see is, you know, experience when, just like you talk about the happiest place on earth with Disney, what, you know, what's going on there and how do we make sure that everybody is on board to see that, yeah, you know, you, you've got to make this the happiest place on earth when that customer's coming in so that they have a great experience because that just, you know, develops and expands upon the lifetime warranty programs and all the other things that we're doing. So what is your trick or what, are, you know, what do you do to make sure that everybody gets involved? Well, that's a great question, Troy. You know, there are very few win-win scenarios left in this world. You know, what you need to do is you need to be able to sit down with a dealership and be able to show them, I've got a program that is going to set you apart from your competition. It's going to drive more customers to your door. What's that going to do for you? Well, for my salespeople, I'm going to have an opportunity to sell more cars. That's a fantastic thing. I'm going to have an opportunity to hold more gross. That's the immediate effect of my paycheck that I'm taking home to my family. As a sales manager, I'm seeing the same thing. If I can hold more gross and sell more cars, I do better personally. So it's a win for salespeople and for sales managers. Then you turn and look at a dealership and the same thing's happening. It's a win for the dealer. Well, how about finance? You know, the program that we use, we actually see more extended service contract sales. We see higher, higher profits in our finance departments. All things that are beneficial to the finance manager and their family, the dealer and his family. And as a customer, I'm going to be protected against the possibility of very expensive claims as long as I own the car. Everybody wins. And this ends up trickling all the way through your service drive and to repeat business. So what have you got to do? You've got to create a win-win scenario for everybody. You've got to create a situation where everybody that walks in the door, they know they're going to win. The salesperson knows that they're going to win. The sales manager and owner know they're going to win. Finance is going to win. This is that they, they, they tell you that there's no such thing as a magic bullet. Well, if it, if there was, it have the word value printed right on the side of it, and that's what we're what we're talking about. So let me ask this question then: when you're when you're talking about doing all of these things and making sure that everybody's bought in, you know, is is that a, a hey we, we come one time and get everybody all rah rah up, <laughs> or you know, because one of the things you always think about. So what, what is the enemy of that value culture? You know. And I think, you know, obviously knowing some of the things that we do, but I'll, I'll ask you, what, what is it that, that we, how do we make sure that everybody's buying in on a daily basis, not just a, a one and done, hey, okay, this was great for 48 hours and now we're going to move on to something else. That's a, that's a great value culture. You know, having a value culture, it's not easy. This is hard. You, you know, the, the biggest enemy is taking the path of least resistance, wanting to go back to what we've always done because that's easy. Negotiating on price is easy because we think that price is what's most important. 
right? I mean, you go into a dealership, you ask them prices, what customers are showing up. Are they really? You know, J.D. Powers goes and surveys 85,000 new car buyers, ask them to rank from one to 10. What are the most important parts of your buying decision? Price is number six. Value, peace of mind is number one. So once you start to get that idea built into a dealership and get those people to realize that this value culture is what's going to drive more customers, they get excited. But just like Disney, that excitement doesn't last unless you stay on top of it. Okay? You know, those people at Disney, they're being trained all the time. The same thing has to happen at a dealership. We see that where in, in the role that we play in partnering with dealerships. You have to continually be in front of those people who are going to be in front of the customers. You have to continue to, to drive home the fact that this is going to work. Give them the tools to be successful. You know, the, the why you're going to be successful is worthless unless you show them the how. And so it's our job to continue to be there in front of those dealerships. And when you talk to our partners around the country, they'll tell you they, they see us come in. They make appointments for us to come in and hold training classes to keep people excited. We, we constantly, and, and Troy, you're part of this, we're constantly refreshing marketing materials and giving them new ideas and new ways to continue to not only excite the customer, but to keep their own people excited about what we're doing. Excitement's really important. What's the biggest enemy? Lack of conviction. If you're not, if you don't have the conviction to stay with this value culture, and like I said to begin with, it's not easy. You, you got to work at it. This isn't a gift. But if you work at it and you hold your people accountable, they'll get excited about it. And they'll get away from that path of least resistance and see the value in showing value to your customers. So as, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I, the, the thing that, as, you know, how do you establish that, that, that culture, that's the, the culture of value? It's really about developing strong relationships with everybody on your team, your customers. It's, it's really relationship development is what this is thinking, what we're thinking about here is what do we do for us to our customers, for the car dealers, you know, whoever that the case may be, it's really that relationship development so that people really understand that, Hey, I care about you. I'm, I'm not doing this to just make life difficult. I want to make, you know, from a, say a car dealer GM to their salespeople, hey, we want to make your life better. We're here to do that. And, you know, and, and from the, the customer themselves, you're wanting to develop that long-term, lifelong relationship with them. And that's really where the value comes in, where you know you've got somebody, a trusted partner, you know, that you know that that dealership, you can trust them and you can count on them when you come back in for something. So it's all of those things from what I'm hearing you say is it's really creating that ongoing relationship. It's, you know, you can't have a solid relationship and, and be successful if you're not doing it on a daily basis, that consistency of, Hey, every day I come to work, I want to see where I can provide value to every person that I touch. So think, think of it this way, Troy, if look at the, look at the personal relationships you have in your own life, mm -hmm. you know, you don't spend time or spend energy on people that are not bringing the same value to your world that you want to bring to theirs. You know, right. successful relationships are when both of us are providing value for each other, when both of us care about the success of each other. And that's the kind of relationships that we build. 
when you, when you look at what we're doing, you walk in and you show them how you're going to help make their life better. But then you're back 45 days later and sitting back in front of them. How are we doing? What do you need? What's working? What's not? What objections are you hearing? Let me help you to be more successful. You know, when I'm concerned about making sure that you're successful, you know, there, there's the, the, the old saying that, you know, you get out of something what you put into it. Right. You know, if you're going to these dealerships and you, you know, I, I see too many people in the marketplace today, they show up, they talk about how great what they do is, they bring a box, they set it on the desk and they go, go get them, good luck, and then they disappear. That's, that's not a commitment to value. That's not a commitment to making you successful. You know, I'm going to be successful if I can make you successful. And the people that are going to do the best in, in business, regardless of whether it's the automotive industry or something else or, or a personal relationship, when you come to the realization that your success is based on, the, on making those around you successful, that's when you're going to be successful. That's that culture of value that you're sitting and talking about. And, and that's how we do things. We, uh, I, I spend way too much time on airplanes. But it's to be in front of all of our partners around the country and be in front of their salespeople and be in front of their finance people. What can we do to help? Let me share an idea with you that I heard at a different dealership that was really successful. Let me show you, how are you introducing this to the customer? What are you saying here? You know, I, I was very fortunate to be part of a, a tremendous training organization in, in uh, Pat Ryan Resource Automotive Group. And you learned a lot about being able to get in front of people and realizing that training and continuing that ongoing training helps a person to be successful when you've got an exchange of ideas. So culture of value you got to make sure that you're providing value to somebody else because if you are, they're going to provide it to you. Well, as we're, we're having to wrap up here in a second, David, getting, getting past our, our time, a lot of time, but it's interesting as you, that, that last answer that you gave was actually really toward the next questions, you know, about, you know, what dealerships can do today, tomorrow, in the future to uh, really instill that culture of value across their entire organization. And you really just, just hit on it. It's, you know, what can I do? no matter what, at what level in an organization I am, whether I am the, the CEO or, or somebody down at the, the base level, just entry level, it's about what can I do for somebody else, not what can I do for me. And that's what's going to establish that culture of value across the organization. And ultimately, and, and we've seen, it, it helps you, it helps that organization win. It helps them be successful. Absolutely. So, well, like I said, we're wrapping up here, David. I really appreciate, you know, it's, it's interesting. You and I get to get to see each other quite a bit here, obviously working together, but I always learn something new every time we get together and talk. So it's always, always a pleasure to kind of have this little bit of time here un, un, uninterrupted that we can, can talk and, and learn together. So just want to thank everybody that's uh, joined us for, for our podcast today, uh, Culture of Value. We're going to be having some great guests on, have some some great folks lined up for next year, some, some authors and maybe some, some pro athletes and some things like that that we're talking to that, that they understand this and, and the team concept and value. So we just want to, you know, wish you happy holidays. Uh, this will be our, our one uh, kind of wrapping up 220 and 2020 and getting out of this year and, and looking at some, some great things for next year. So 
thank you all for uh, joining us. Thank you, David, for being here. And we will see you all in January. Troy, thank you so much.